Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hi, everyone. Welcome to a very special bonus episode of the Theater Podcast. This was a panel all about Beetlejuice that was recorded live at BroadwayCon 2020 here in New York City. On the panel with me from the cast is Alex Brightman, Carrie Butler, and Leslie Kritzer, in addition to line producer Jenny Gersten and Spotco Senior Creative Director Callie Goff. I know you want to get into this. I was excited to do it. I know you're excited to hear it. So without further ado, please enjoy this episode. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. moderator is the host of the theater podcast and the chief technology officer of the Broadway Podcast Network. Please welcome Alan Seals. Hello, bro. Wow, so many people. I'm Alan Seals, host of the theater podcast, part of the Broadway Podcast Network. We have over 40 podcasts, all theater-centric, theater-adjacent, 1,900 episodes. So there's a little bit of something for everyone. Um, But you're obviously here because you love Beetlejuice. We are going to, near the end, we're going to take some questions from the audience, but... The way you get your questions in is you have to get on Twitter and use the hashtag AskBeetlejuiceBWay. So if you have any questions throughout the whole panel, just make sure that you get on Twitter, hashtag AskBeetlejuiceBWay, and then we'll see them up here and uh, we incorporate them into, into the show. So, so obviously the Beetlejuice creative team led by director, director Alex Timbers, scenic designer David Korins, costume designer William Ivy Long, lighting designer Kenneth Posner, sound designer Peter Helensky, Projection designer Peter Negrini, puppet designer Michael Curry, special effects designer Jeremy Chernick, illusion designer Michael Weber, hair and wig by Charles G. Lapointe, and makeup by Joe DeLude. And they all took inspiration from Tim Burton, who, yes. And the whole, the whole original Beetlejuice, everything, Tim, when Tim Burton does, it feels like it's a DIY, like made it in his basement kind of thing. And that translated to stage and that translated to the movie, and basically, and we're gonna talk about this, we're talking about the TikTok, and the cosplay, and the fan art, and everything that makes this so accessible, which I think is part of the DIY aspect. So, please help me welcome everyone to the stage so we can get this going! <laughs> Kelly Goff! <clears throat> Have a seat. So we have Callie Goff next to me, who is the Senior Creative Director at Spotco. Jenny Gersten, who is the line... Oh, she's down there. Line producer for Beetlejuice, of course, Leslie Kritzer. (laughs) Alex Brightman. (laughs) 
and Miss Carrie Butler. So the, the visuals are layered over an extremely relatable, heartfelt story, and they're told in a very specific kind of comedic, comedic tone and have struck a chord, obviously, with audiences. I mean, look how many people are standing here. Uh, so audience, ra raise your hand if you've seen it uh, three times. Three times? Oh, three, okay, uh, five times. Oh, keep your hand up, keep your hand up. If it's five or more, five or more, eight or more? Wow. wow. Ten or more? Our, our, le our lead producer is raising his hand. <laughs> Mark. Ten, uh, uh, Fifteen or more? Anybody? How many times have you seen it? Fifteen times? Wow. Anybody seen it? What about you? Twenty. Twenty times. Oh. Wow. Wow, that's incredible. This, this is some... Yeah, everybody gets a sandworm. Look under your chair. Just kidding. Uh, Carrie, have you seen this sort of interaction in your past shows, like the audience participation like this? Um, I have seen, have been in shows where people go crazy and come back again and again. Um, the difference that with Beetlejuice, I feel like, is the response when we're in the show now. It's deafening. Like, it's almost like I want to plug my ears because it's a lot. I mean, it's a gift, but it's crazy loud. Like, they just love it so much as soon as the show is over. And also the laughter during the show. It sounds like there's a laugh track. <laughs> it, was the show, did the show evolve? Um, I guess, how did it evolve from rehearsals into showing it in front of an audience? I mean, Alex, can you speak to that? Like, yeah, there was less laughter in the rehearsal room um, <laughs> uh, than there is on, on, in the theater. Uh, but it, is, it evolved through like pure collaboration led by the collaborative maestro that is Alex Timbers. Um, mm -hmm. And he, he's not here, he won't, you don't need to, just, just let's keep going. Um, we'll, we'll tell him that you applauded. And then, but during the rehearsal process, he is much more interested in the actual playing than of the actual getting to the end of a scene, blocking a scene. We never came in with the intention of, all right, we're gonna do scene two, and if we, if we don't get to it, we have failed. So we came in every day with new ideas, new script pages, improv, sketch stuff, talking for an hour about things, going away for an hour. It was never really, in a wonderful way, it wasn't really structured in the way I've ever done any show before. And I think that show is on stage because the show feels inherently dangerous. Uh, which I think is a super fun thing to see when you're watching something live. And that is something we craft, uh, carefully crafted in the room to make it feel that anything could happen. Um, and if anyone was at the show last night, um, <laughs> well, don't cheer. A 65-year-old woman passed out and vomited. But, uh, you know, <laughs> but she's fine. And to all of you people, by the way, who say that we're not keeping our promise in the beginning of the show about if you die during the show, we won't stop. No one has died yet. So we have, we, if, we, if we are able to save a life during Beetlejuice, we will. But if they do die, we're just gonna prop them back up in a seat and keep going with the show because at that point they're luggage. This, this will be my last Broadway show. <laughs> Turn it into a weekend at Bernie's moment. Uh, so the, the creativity 
has just like crossed over the footlights and, and inspired fans to make literally thousands of, of TikTok videos. And actually, uh, we have two that I want to, that we'll show here for you real quick. Let's roll the two TikTok videos. Leslie, uh, yes. you're, you're oh. Oh. that's you. Yeah. <laughs> you're, I don't know if it was on. Oh, there he is. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, it's, you're very socially active with fans on, on TikTok now, right? Aren't you? Or, or other Not platforms? on TikTok, no, because I'm old and I still don't know how to use it. <laughs> I'm looking to hire an intern to teach Same. me. Um, no, I, not on TikTok. On Instagram, yeah, more, more than TikTok. But I'm, I'm learning. I'm not like our, our TikTok extraordinaire Presley, Presley Ryan. Ryan. <laughs> who, who started who started the TikTok phenomenon with Beetlejuice? I mean, she is personally responsible for our at least on our end. I will I'll say I'll speak for the group of really of really starting that and then starting to teach a bunch of us and and been <laughs> so active and we're very grateful for her because you know now she has she just got verified yesterday she has two hundred thousand followers <laughs> on TikTok so. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm active on Instagram with the fans as much as I can be. I did a, a Broadway.com vlog for two months um, or six to eight weeks. May come back, may not, but I'll, I'll just throw that out there. Um, but yeah, and, and uh, that was, I've, I've, I found personally by interacting with them on social media and with that, that our, uh, without really trying too hard, like we weren't trying too hard. We were just loving our show and doing what we do. And the response is because of that, I, and and also our album is so lit. <laughs> See, and she thinks she's old. She just used the word so lit, lit, everybody. That wow. album is it's one of the best albums, I've, if not the best, that I've ever been a part of. And it it it's incredible how it's spread and it's spread through t really TikTok. I think personally, the it's the music and because it is a music, a lot of music based videos there. I mean, there's a lot of comedy and all kinds of stuff. Kids and, and young people were able to connect and create their own version of Beetlejuice in their own creative way, which is amazing. I mean, that didn't exist, what, a year ago? Like, uh, as far as we know, a little over a year ago. So I'm impressed. I'm just, I'm blown away by it. Oh, absolutely. I, I have, I mean, this is unprecedented how social media has, has breathed so much life into, into Beetlejuice. <laughs> yeah. And it, so, Callie, while you're drinking water, <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, so, so you work for Spotco. First off, what is Spotco, for those who don't know? Yes, thanks for having me um, with the cast. This is amazing. Um, and I will be your intern, Leslie, if you want. <laughs> um, but I work at Spotco. Spotco is an advertising agency. Uh, so we've been around for about 22 years, uh, worked on over 450 Broadway shows. The first one was Rent. I don't know. I don't know. Um, and uh, yeah, so we make all of the advertising for the show. So if you've ever seen a TV commercial or a billboard or a flyer or a social media video or anything like that, um, my company makes those. 
And you are the senior, a senior creative director there. Right. Um, obviously, you, you, Beetlejuice is one of your your cust- clients, customers. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. One oh. of my clients. One of my partners. Partners. My, my Part- children. Okay. My love. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so when, uh, when TikTok started to explode, like what? Did you see an opportunity and capitalize on it, or did it? I mean, is it like a a, a circular sort of like? you know, dragon chasing his tail sort of thing? Like, how did this grow? Yeah, I mean, this was one of the first shows where TikTok really exploded. And, um, you know, I work really closely with our social media team, and we didn't want to interrupt the conversation that was already happening because there was already so much creativity and amazing work happening on TikTok. And we didn't want to come in and say, like, hey, check out our ad over here. We just wanted to help the fans make more stuff. And um, so it's really inspired us to create a lot of materials that uh, provide new audio clips and things like that. Um, Jenny actually had a great idea around Thanksgiving to put out a song called Dead Bird. Um, And and Alex was awesome and got in the studio for us. And the the real uh, inspiration behind that was to give fans a piece of audio that they wouldn't have access to anywhere else and then kind of sit back and see what they would do with it. <laughs> and they've done a lot. A lot. There's yeah. a lot, lot of reactions. So, uh, uh, Jenny, you are, you're credited as the line producer. That's right. For Beetlejuice. So what is a line producer? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, the I was brought on to Beetlejuice to work with the producing the producers of the show and also with the creative team to sort of liaise between sort of what was going on uh, creatively in the room and then what had to happen managerially. So I'm sort of like living in this kind of liminal space between art and commerce, and um, and so I work a lot with the agency uh, Spotco on both the social and the and the media, the, the advertising, and then I work sometimes with the company on promotional appearances, with the press team, and, and, and creatively with the team as well. So how involved with the, the original cast recording are you, or were you? Uh, well, the cast recording kind of was, it was just, no, that was the producers of the album, so I just supported I mean, their Well, efforts. I guess like capitalizing on it. And, and, I, work and with the, I work with the label, so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it, it's one of the most streamed albums of the entire 2018-2019 season. That's right. Um, did, you guys have all listened to it, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, so, why, I mean, why do you think the score has captured such a huge following, though? Well, I think the, the music's amazing, Eddie Perfect, ladies and gentlemen. And um, I think that there's something v- about the, the album. I think what makes it so incredible, Leslie, is it, when I listen to it, I feel like I'm part of the show. Yeah. I don't know if you have that experience, because yeah, totally. I've seen the show. But I imagine that if I was listening to it and I had never seen Beetlejuice, or I'd seen glimpses of it, you know, on on the internet or whatever, I would really have a sense of what it was like to be part of it or in it or watching it. And I think that's what makes it so um, uh, fun to listen to. Is that sort of what your experience of it is like, kind of? They're like, nope, but... (laughs) 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 Can I say one thing just about that, that, to completely agree with your point, is that my favorite type of cast album is the one that sounds like the show that you saw. And so uh, I always love those versus the one that sounds like top 40 tracks of the songs in the shows, which are good in their own right. They just don't, to me, tell the story. And I think our show... Uh, you know, tells a great story through the music and through the songs, and I think we didn't do a disservice to the album by trying to pop up or anything like that, or uh, having been in the studio, 
the days we recorded it, nobody was too precious with their performances right. because we are currently living them. We didn't do a cast album before right. or months later. Right. We did it while we were in the thick of this real raw feeling of trying to still create it. So stuff on an album that's there forever, it was just stuff that was organically there that day. And to not try and capture lightning when we could, um, or try to capture it 19 times in a row is I guess what I mean, was a benefit yeah. because we got to just put whatever was out there and then leave yeah. and sort of leave it up to you guys to enjoy it or not. So thanks for um, not not enjoying it. <laughs> I also, I also, I also, I also I want to add just really quick because this is something that is, has, has just kept growing. I have so many people that are contacting me saying that they're buying tickets or whatever. They're, they're kids. There's a lot of musical theater people in here, right? <laughs> right. A lot of people that are coming to our show, young people, are not like us. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They're falling, in, they're falling in love with the album. We're reaching a whole new audience of people that are falling in love with musical theater because of this album. And that is really cool. Yeah. You know, we're, br we're bridging the gap. Somehow, I have friends from high school that I haven't talked to in 15 years. Their kids are, more than that, their kids are, are not in theater. They're like, they're telling us about Beetlejuice. We got to come. We got to, and they're not, you know, they're like soccer kids or whatever, but they love this album. And the coolest thing is when I look out in the audience, and I know you guys have seen this, and we see people lip syncing to the lyrics. People, and it's so But only cool. lip syncing. Only lip syncing. So anyway, I just wanted to add that. Sorry, Jenny. I just wanted to add that. Good, and I think the songs are super fun to perform. I mean, I th I'm sure that's your experience of them. Yeah. So I think it's fun to, to do them at home. And I think that do-it-yourself do quality um, of the songs is also imbued, as you were saying earlier, Alan, in the, all the making of the show. There's like, and that's what Tim Burton did with the movie, too. Like, it feels like something he made in his basement. It's, it's reachable to like uh, the generation that saw the movie, that knows the movie from a, from a while back, and then now, like you said, it's reaching a whole new generation well, that I may have never... Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's reaching a whole new generation of people. Uh, I guess, show of hands, how many people uh, have not seen the, the original movie? Wow. Yeah. That's a Shame lot of on people. You. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I am very, I'm very impressed by the reach the show has had and by, uh, I guess... You know, for, for the three of you, Leslie, Alex, and Carrie, uh, I was going to go back to the social media thing for a second. To, to, you're very engaged. All three of you are very engaged with your fans and very engaged with um, connecting with people. Do you feel any sort of pressure to maintain that now that the show's so successful on social media? Yes! Or? Yeah. <laughs> it's, no, it's not that bad. Uh, it's, but, it, you know, there, it, it's not pressure. I think that's the wrong word. It's that... that you know, when you do something that people like, um, that's a positive, and that because that's good for both people. As long as you're liking the thing that you're doing, if people enjoy the thing that you're outputting, that it doesn't get any better than that. So as long, so the more we do that, um, not just in the show but outside of the show, and make people happy uh, in many different uh, you know brains of communication, I think that's only good not just for a show but for a life. I think that's just more of a life thing. If like you're doing a thing that you enjoy and other people enjoy it, don't stop doing that. That's a thing that I think is just fundamental. So I, it's not a pressure. It's a, it's a joy um, until it becomes a pressure. And usually it's not that. So it's always the uh, exception to the rule when it becomes pressured 
to do something that you want to have to like to do. It doesn't feel right. So yeah. thankfully, you guys have, you and millions of others have been super kind and wonderful uh, for the most part. Um, and, <laughs> you know, there's like, there's always outliers. But, uh, but for the most part, it's been, the majority of people have been ridiculous and wonderful. And uh, we enjoy seeing just rows of stripes and red dresses and, yeah. and wigs and people <laughs> behind the wigs going, why did I have to sit behind the guy with the wig? <laughs> People come to the show in full cosplay? Oh, oh yes. Yeah. All the time. Yeah, you maniacs. <laughs> what? Do you have a favorite? a favorite? I love that it like inspires people. People aren't coming in like store-bought costumes. Right. They're taking the time and creating, painting, hand-painting the stripes, sewing the, the costumes together. It's, it's really um, inspired creativity, which I love. You know, while we are big on social media, sometimes you want to put your phone down and get kids away from screens. And, you know, we get our, the fan art is incredible. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you I have a something? favorite cosplay. Do you? Um, yeah. So one thing that I've loved seeing with the cosplay is, of course, people want to dress up like uh, the characters from the movie, the iconic characters. But I've loved seeing all the people who are now dressing up as characters from the musical and Alex's version of Beetlejuice with the 3D glasses and popcorn. And um, we had a costume contest at the theater. And uh, we got a lot of Girl Scouts with Arrhythmia. And, um, <laughs> and uh, one had uh, 3D print did her own pacemaker so that was my fave I, props yeah, to that unbelievable that is. oh my uh, god well speaking of the, the difference between um, uh, Alex Alex's Beetlejuice and Michael Keaton's Beetlejuice I want to show uh, an animatic real quick um, this is one of my favorite ones created by Miles Cooper oh yeah so good oh this is hey folks begging your pardon excuse me sorry to Tears and start on the whole, you know, being dead thing, your doom. Enjoy the singing, the sword of damn Yeah, so this goes on for a full five minutes. And it, I'm not going to play the whole thing because it's five minutes long. But That kid is amazing, by the way. He came yeah. to see our show, and that kid is, like, not only cool, but, like, so creative and continues to output this thing. He just did a Miss Argentina. He just he did, did? an Adelia one. Adelia, oh, Adelia one, too, yeah. This oh, yes, yes, yes. Yes, I reposted that, yes. <laughs> so that's, that's one of the newest trends, because uh, technology and animation and like, everyone can just download Photoshop and download Adobe Motion, or Motion, whatever it is. And, like, are, are, you, are you seeing, like, Alex, what does it mean to you to see yourself represented as Beetlejuice all over the internet versus the traditional Michael Keaton. You know, the, as a as a creative uh, anything, you you want to try to put something out there that hasn't been there before and that's really doubly difficult when you are working with a source material. So what I was grateful for was the opportunity to not be strong-armed into doing something that was already there, but to try and create something and attempt to be bold and to say, yes, this exists, yes, the cartoon exists, what if there was a third sign to that cross, and what would it look like? And getting the time, which is something that most performers do not, uh, uh, are, they're not afforded when we had five, you know, I worked on this show in character, and I'm still working on it, I'd like to think, that, that you had three years running, three and a half years running, creating something. So the fact that it is not only being well-received, but the fact that it's being like mimicked and, and um, you know, for lack of a better word, applauded is 
nice because I love the sort of the look I made a hat where there never was a hat, but I like, what I like better is that I'm, and I've said this before, but I think it warrants, that to be given a pair of shoes that someone else has worn, but to be given permission to add your own laces is something I've become very fond of. Um, having the last two shows have had two sort of iconic roles to sort of try and skew away from while also paying homage to um, has been a joy. But the fact that this one has blown up in its own character as a character actor, nothing makes me happier and nothing lets me sleep more at night than uh, people that have enjoyed my version um, without, without having to hate the other one. I think that's the other thing. Um, I do appreciate it. And as a creative entity, thanks for liking the thing, you know? <laughs> I want to I want to add to that cuz Carrie now that I think about it Carrie Carrie also played like we've both well we're both playing uh, characters it, after m iconic actresses Absolutely. Gina Davis, Catherine O'Hara, but also Carrie you've done Mean Girls which had a lot of heavy hitters. So it it's been I don't know about you I'd love to hear your experience but like for me I feel like very similar to Alex um, always working on Delia. It, I stayed away from the movie because Catherine O'Hara is a queen goddess. And <laughs> I have followed her her entire career, so I just, you know, I pay a little homage to her at moments. But my Delia is like, I feel like there's three different versions of her. So I play on uh, the person that's seen the show 20 times. You've probably seen many different versions of her. And I do different versions of her from night to night. Or, and, and Argentina, too. There's little things, but... It's been, you know, I always felt safe in the room with everybody to create, to try, to follow my face. And we also gave each other suggestions. Why don't you try this? Or what do you think about this? Like, that was the best part about getting in there because we were all in the same position. But I don't know how you, you felt, Carrie, about yours. Yeah, um, I feel like I do the same thing that Alex does. I don't watch the movie because now I've done so many uh, musicals that have been based on stars that have played them, like Olivia Newton-John. So I won't watch the movie because you're, we're not Saturday Night Live performers. No, we're not. So we're not coming in and just imitating somebody else. We have to find it from within first, and then I'll go back and watch the movie and be like, oh, I can exaggerate that, and that will all the people who love the movie will love that part. It, they'll still feel like... Um, this is the same show that they fell in love with, but they're able to accept our version. Um, so we're not just trying to be somebody else. Because as an actor, you have to embrace your, what makes you special. You can't always be trying to be somebody else and, and try and copy what makes them special. Absolutely. And it, I, it, I was just noticing as the three of you were talking that... Um, you're all, I mean, you're all very funny people. You're very, uh, on stage, you have these comedic roles that you do over and over and over again, and then, like, knowing you personally, and uh, even right now during the panel, you're very serious people. <laughs> <laughs> we are? Yeah, I think so, because yeah. I think you have to be very, very smart and very serious to be good at comedy. I, I, I would say, I've, I've, this is me completely biting off of one of my favorite comedians. Um, I would 100% slip my throat for my jokes. Um, and I, so that, they're that important to me that that's when you take comedy seriously, in my opinion, it works better. Um, I think, I think, uh, on the converse of that though, I do like to say that when you're in a, it's stamina based too. This is not just stand up comedy. So this is eight times a week trying to be this funny that many times, um, is about, you know, sort of like trying what works, it didn't work, pull it back, turn the dials, all that kind of stuff. So yes, it's like a science and a math all wrapped up into one, um, and also doing like a decathlon um, while you're drowning. <laughs> <laughs> 
and then there's somebody you know filming or whatever, and then you know that's and then you they have to deal with that. But it's uh, you know that it it is serious, but. Uh, you know, I would say the room was not serious. No, the room was not we serious, were but we dying. take it seriously. Alex, yes, 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 yes. But yeah. Alex would crack us up all the time in the room. Just Thank you very much, Carrie. <laughs> still, still cracks me up. I mean, still. Oh, yeah, still on stage day. sometimes. We're still fighting Do you guys stuff. break on stage? Alex tries to make us break. I break. <laughs> I'm terrible. That's not fair, Carrie. <laughs> he How doesn't dare. try. He just knows that I'll break, yes. and I just break. I turn up stage and I break. I t- it's hard. Can I, I can I say one thing that's recent that yeah. may, if you've oh seen the show recently, that you know you're never gonna not see oh my it. God. Um, but at the end of the show, when <laughs> uh, when Ju- what? No, this is not bad. It's not bad. That when uh, Juno, uh, spoiler alert, is my mom. Uh, it comes out and she starts started started chastising me a bit before <laughs> she goes towards Lydia. I've sort of my mic is not on and now I think it's a little on because the sound people are also enjoying it. Is I start crying like a teenager. Uh, and I, and I, 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 I'm right in the line of sight of Leslie. So when Juno's chastising me, just sort of right, on, uh, right under her level, I'm going, eh, 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 eh. and Le- Leslie for the last week has had to literally turn up stage and hit, uh, put her head against a wall. I was like biting my mouth. This is literally the funniest, one of the funniest things I've ever. Well, seen. yeah, we're like 300 performances in, and it's still like a ball to just try to like you know have a little fun ourselves. At the expense of you guys. Thanks for paying, by the way. Yeah. I think just to piggyback off the serious thing is that we love what we do so much that we take it seriously because it's so important for us. I get really angry when I don't, I mean, internally sometimes, not all the time, but when I don't land certain things because they're, they were written to be landed. <laughs> and so when I can't land them, I'm not doing the show that I created, you know? So... I do take it seriously because I love the show so much and the jokes are, are, are so well crafted and we've worked within an inch of its life to make them work. So when they don't work sometimes, it's, it is always a good lesson. Sometimes it, you guys are, you're the judge, right? Like at the, if you laugh, you laugh. If you don't, you don't. Jack O'Brien always said to me, laughter is because you're surprised. Yep. It's not because you're fun. Like it's, you're not funny, it is. Right, and that's what he would say to me all the time. Um, I would beg to disagree sometimes, but um, <laughs> it's 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 a pleasure. It's an honor to be able to do comedy on Broadway. And like last night, I ad libbed one line, and I didn't even. David Sugarman was like, "Maybe you should go out there and just be like, something happened." Long story short, but I said an ad lib, and I was like, "Well, I tweaked it. I don't know if it's going to land." And it landed. And to hear that laughter in the Winter Garden, on a line that I've never said because it's an ad lib, was a gift. It was, it was, it was like a slam dunk. And I just was like, oh wow, that's, that's really, really, really cool. And I don't take that for granted, yeah. ever. Alex, do you, uh, everyone's drinking when I ask them questions. Alex, do you, do you ad-lib a lot too, or are you uh, like? No, I, I uh, do not ad-lib a lot in the show. I get, I very, that's one of my favorite compliments I get is, um, and I think any good comedic actor would, agree that a great compliment to get is were you making a lot of that up um if i were to have to make a lot of that up every night i would be uh 20 years older at this point um and have no voice i mean i'm so used to this uh show now that i would say 99.9 percent of what you're seeing on stage every night is written but at some point in the last four and a half years four years um in the room something might have happened uh you know 
while we were improving something or something came up out of nowhere and made people laugh that then was then implemented into the show smartly by our writers so it didn't feel forced and then our job is to make it feel like this is off the cuff and I'm just thinking about this. Um, so it is cool that like some of the stuff I did, the answer is yes, except three years ago. Right. And now it's just, you know, still paying dividends now because it is, I mean, thankfully funny, but also that's a muscle to stretch of like trying to pretend that you're just thinking of something now. Uh, and then, you know, there's the errant version of, you know, somebody's acting up in the front row or somebody, which is rare, um, last night, you know, I pushed a dude's glasses case off the uh, uh, staircase because it was not supposed to be there. <laughs> uh, and then I picked on him all show. You've seen the show. Uh, uh, yeah. And so, but there are moments where I, I'm allowed to. That's the one fundamental difference between this show and any show that I've done is that I do have a moderate, uh, within, within very good reason, to improvise or something to go awry or something goes off the rails audience-wise, or something technical happens. Um, I'm thankful that I liked improv when I was a kid, too, so I've been doing that forever. But yeah, it's nice to have the permission, but no, 99% of the show is, is scripted and on the tracks. You improv when your mic is off. <laughs> I improv when my mic is not on. Join creepy old guy. Yes, just to carry mostly. <laughs> so watch out for that, guys. So, Callie and Jenny, uh, how are you looking for, for new social trends? Like, how are you looking for things that are coming out of, out of the audience, out of the world? Like, Callie? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we, I actually think we take a lot of our cues from the fans. I mean, I think Callie already mentioned that, but I think that, um, I mean, I've never, I've never been part of something where the creativity was so incredible um, coming from the people who've seen the show or listened to the show or just wanna be part of the show. So, did I, what happened? Oh, okay, okay. So, um, and so, yeah, I think that that's been a lot of what we've been taking the cues for, and we are constantly, like, thinking about how to make, as, as we talked about with Dead Bird, we're looking for those moments where we can sort of inspire another, in, you know, engagement, because we, we like having that opportunity to talk to y'all, so. Yeah, exactly. I, I think we're really just watching what you all are doing on social and... Uh, in a not creepy way. <laughs> no, in a creepy way. Yeah. Um, and Definitely we're... Creepy. Yeah, we're just... Um, we're, we're kind of following along and going where you lead us. Um, and I have a special announcement, in fact, about something new that's coming um, today because we've been seeing that a, a lot of folks are on our Instagram and you like to transform yourselves into the characters, into Beetlejuice. So uh, today we are releasing an Instagram filter on our stories, um, yes. And uh, you'll be able to go to our stories uh, at Beetlejuice B-Way. Uh, you'll find an AR mask that transforms you into Beetlejuice. And insider tip, if you nod your head, it will rain beetles on you. You heard it here first. I think that is brilliant. And for a show like this, if I had your job, which I think is very cool, I think you would just be waking up and saying, what is new on my plate this morning? What has somebody else invented that we can just grow into this massive thing? It's the most fun show to work on ever. Just getting to channel the characters that the cast have built and that the creative team have built and 
basically trying to think like a demon is um, the best job in the whole world. Well, and Callie, you just also wrote a great script for, for Delia, too. Uh, that was, well, co- coming, coming soon. Surprise. Um, but, um, Wait, yeah. what? It's coming, it's coming. <laughs> Surprise. But so, yeah, Callie's a really awesome writer. She actually really is great at finding Thanks, the voice of, of Beetlejuice, the musical. And I have to give a shout out to Jen Graysel, too, because she's really great at managing our channels. This is legitimately the first time that Leslie just heard about this. <laughs> I love it. I love She's going to love it. Yay. <laughs> um, okay, okay. So uh, just a reminder real quick, if you have questions, hashtag Ask Beetlejuice B-Way. We're going to get to questions in a second. Um, fan art. The fan art that everyone makes. Um, it is incredible. Uh, Alex, Carrie, Leslie, tell, tell us about the wall, the wall of fan art. Uh, it's now three floors <laughs> of, of artwork. It's, we're running out of space. Yep. Goes all the way up to the top dressing rooms. And oh yeah, you're showing some of them. It's, and it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's more than, it's more art to keep up with. Every, every day we have mailboxes that get sent. We, and we get everything you guys send. And it's more mail than I have seen anybody get on the planet. Not just me, not just, it's, more than Santa Claus, <laughs> and, and you know it's like that. We we are sincerely running out of space. We have filled up three full floors of wall space with every bit and nook and cranny of art. That's not just pieces of paper, by the way. We've hung up puzzles that you guys have sent us, and and uh, you know coffins that open that have something. You know, like the actual physical pieces of art. It looks like a museum. Um, and it's also just ridiculously inspiring when you, you know, are feeling 98% when you should be feeling 100 and you walk down the stairs and go, well, now I have to feel, I mean, I, there, I have no reason not to feel 100%. There's all these people that not only like what we do, but are willing to show it through their art. It just makes the show as if it's not easy enough to do anyway for these ridiculous crowds, but it makes it so much more fun to do for people that are continually going to be inspired to create incredible, I mean, stuff I would buy. Um, truly, I mean, I've said that too. I won't, but I, but, um, <laughs> but I would, but I won't. Yeah, it's been, it's like every time we walk down the stairs, you know, it's a grueling schedule. You look at all this artwork and you're just like, wow, this is what we, you guys have created this movement of love for us. And we, we, that's, that's what makes us be able to do what we do, you know? And even when we go to the stage door uh, and see you guys, all the gifts you give us, I mean, this morning walking here, there was a whole line down the street of people dressed up waiting to buy tickets, you know? And I'm like, I've never been a part of something like that, ever. So it's, it's just, it's really cool, unexpected. I'm gonna throw this question out for any of you that wanna answer it, but from a psychological standpoint, this is just a generic question, why do you feel like people make fan art and then send it in? What, what, is it, what purpose is it serving for them? I've, I've actually honestly thought about this a ton because I do have, you know, I, I, this, this, might be, this might split the room a little bit, but that's fine. Um, I, I, one of my biggest pet peeves in the world is when somebody gives me something that is meaningful and I, every time I've received something that is meaningful from a fan, I take it straight to my heart. It's something that you didn't have to do and something that you did, and that's great. And nothing ruins that moment more than, can you please tweet about that I gave you this? Because then, it's not for me, it's for you. 
So, uh, you know, but that being said, so, I've thought a lot about the psychology of like what it means to do something. I think that the purity of making something just because it's on your mind and you want to exercise it out onto whatever piece of art, that is the most gorgeous thing in the world because that's what I do, because I do that on stage. Exactly. I don't know how to draw. I don't know how to paint. I know how to do what I do, but I consider that some type of exorcism of feelings and uh, emotions that I have that day walking into the theater, and I can get them out using art. So I appreciate and I'm with you on this level of like making things because it just feels good to make. Um, so yeah, I think psychologically it's because you feel good and then when you have it and it's yours, you want to show other people. We're all narcissists and egotists. That's not a bad thing. It's good to like yourself and it's good to like want to let people know, look at the thing I'm good at. We love it. Yeah. When we get it, we're all about it. We love it. So please, always this, you know, you psychopaths, please send them, you know, the, all your way, all the drawings, all the, you know, writings on your walls or whatever you're doing. Um, please, we are with you and we encourage it. <laughs> But I also think that like the show embraces the strange and unusual, right? And I think there's something about sort of seeing a version of yourself on the stage. And we see that in a lot of different shows. We could name a ton right now. But like I think the idea of like being, again, like making yourself a part of that by sharing your creativity and saying, I'm with you in the show meant so much to me. I and mean, you talk mm -hmm. a lot about like how you get uh, letters saying like the show changed my life, you know, whatever. that. It, it, they, I found something in it that was like deeply meaningful, so I think that's a part of it too. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know why I said yeah, but. No, I, I, I love that. I, I think it's, I agree with it. I think it's, it's a lot of um, seeing yourself represented on stage, whether it be in terms of, of gender identity or sexual identity or uh, mental identity. Um, I think especially now, in today's society, it's very important to be able to see yourself, like it, maybe you're feeling a little undead this morning, like you just wanna, you just wanna see yourself well, on a show. Can I just, just say something about exactly what you just said about seeing yourself in something? Is that, that is what the, I mean, back, 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 all the way back in the day uh, when they were doing shows where light was fire and everyone was still afraid of the sun. This, the, the, the thing about theater and good theater, in my opinion, is that it reflects the world around you. It doesn't, it doesn't harken back to a better time. I don't, I don't enjoy theater that does that because I don't, things are constantly evolving. And that's the thing I love about our show is that you, I don't think there is any, anything that isn't represented in our show in some way or another. And I think that that is the world we are now living in, this new time where people can really, truly, and, and you know, there's still work to be done, feel free enough to be themselves and express it in whatever way they want, that is legitimately a, a core value in our show. To be able to, to the, the search and the want to express in the way you want. And so that is a huge thing. I love that in theater. And I think more, the more Hades towns that come out and the more things that are continually trying to push that boundary to let people know, look, this is not only in this theater, this exists outside of here too. Get used to it. I think we're gonna be in a much better place than, you know, like a, Revival of something else. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, had, we had 15 minutes left. I wasn't going to not mention that. <laughs> Got a couple We're thinking innovations. we should just leave the fan art <laughs> for them. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, well, speaking of which... The, the final question I have before we go to audience questions is actually let's talk about the sandworm in the room. Is Beetlejuice actually closing on June 6th? Boo. 
Now, Alan, we're not using the C word. We're not using the C word. We we're, are being evicted. We're leaving the Winter Garden. We're leaving the theater, and that is an actual, that is not coded language, just so all of you know that are like, yeah, evicted means they're closing. It's, they are our producers, and they, they one right here, and there's one over there, will, you know, will tell you time and time again, if you ask them with absolute certainty, that all they are doing 24-7 right now is looking and actively looking yes. for another space. They're so, amazing. You know, there, there, there is no, there is absolutely no reason to give up hope that we are closing. So we don't, we are not using that word. It's that we are looking for an, the next thing, the next evolution of the show, whatever that might be. So it is. There's no reason to have, you know, given up hope on the show. And also, you know, as I like to say, just in case, you know, June 6 comes along and it is the end. Shows only do one thing. Sorry, they do two things: open and close. So we're there's nothing abnormal happening here, other than the other thing. But <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, so yeah, please. But if, if, if this is just, I, we keep saying it all the time. But now we have a huge platform right now with uh, hundreds of people in here. It is the, the, the that C where we're not using in our theater at all. We're not. I mean, I and we're also boarded it. So she vision boarded it. So yeah, it's true. So, yeah. So I think um, we're gonna go on. But we all have very high spirits in our show for that reason. Is that we are all not just being told to tell you no. that we're closing. We're not. We are. We are be leaving on June sixth. And until we know anything further, it is not the end of Beetlejuice on June sixth. Truly. <laughs> yeah. He's already. He's already undead. So you know, can't die. <laughs> It'll just haunt the theater. It'll be fine. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's uh, switch over to an audience questions here. Okay, from Jane Ann, NYC. Uh, do you have a go-to pre-show meal snack? What about any rituals before you hit the stage? I, I listen to stand-up comedy uh, almost religiously, uh, if not watching it. Um, and I also have the luxury now. I have a hair person, Leanne, and a makeup person, Pat, and a, a, a dresser, Travis, who are with me in the, almost the entirety of an hour before the show. And I'm getting to not only watch stand-up that I've seen, but introduce them to comedians. So it's really fun to kind of also be a person to get, like, to introduce something to your favorite, peop uh, favorite people to your favorite people. Um, and so that's what I do. I can't really eat before the show. If you've seen the show, you'll know why. Uh, and, you know, I just drink a lot of water that then comes out of my mouth a lot after... <laughs> We, in the form of spit. We also hang out a lot. Like, I, I warm up a little bit. Um, Carrie will tell about her, her ritual. But, like, I'll warm up. I'll hang out. I'll, I'll eat a little something. I've learned the hard way. Never eat cauliflower rice before um, the show. <laughs> it's terrible. Um, so, but I hang out with people. Because I don't go on to, into a show for like 20, 25 minutes. So I don't like getting dressed right away. I have to do my wig, I hang out with Pat. But I'm in like Jill, you know, Jill Abramovitz and Dana Steingold, who are in their show as well. I'm in their room like we're in a sorority. I mean, it's crazy. And I hang out with them, we, we catch up with people. It's really the best part of coming to work for me, besides obviously doing the show, is that we have a family there. We have like, it's like college. We hang out, we talk, we catch up, we find out about each other's lives, what's going on. And that's one of my favorite things. That's the ritual, is checking in with everybody before we go make the magic. And that's... Um, Carrie sacrifices animals before every show. <laughs> no, but I do sing to my plants. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I take care of my plants, 
Um, and I do like a 20 minute vocal warm up every single day before the show, much to my neighbors, my <laughs> dismay. You sound great. <laughs> no, Adam Danheiser's right next door. He doesn't love it. <laughs> he um, doesn't sing really. And I sniff a lot of stuff up my nose. So it is less like, like I love, um, you should clarify water. what you mean by, <laughs> by that a lot. Clarify it. Please clarify um, that. I, I love salt water. Um, I love the alcohol stuff that you oh, use. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, we just bought a new machine called the Navage, and it kind of is like a vacuum in your nose. <laughs> so, it's no <laughs> joke. Those are the things I'm obsessed with. <laughs> We're doing a show. <laughs> but no, no drugs or anything like that. <laughs> except, except maybe Excedrin once in a while when my voice isn't feeling good. <laughs> Leslie, uh, to comment on something, on what you said, uh, it is a family. The casts, casts are very much a family. And I guess in interviewing as many people as I have, and the three of you included, um, on one-on-one, and I, I feel like so many people get to know each other on such a deeply personal level doing shows, because it's, it's uh, trauma's not the right word, but it, it is a heavily emotional investment. Yeah, I mean... Even though we are being evicted, June 6th, when we, and I, can't, I literally get choked up about it, our front of house staff, our crew, we all know each other. We all know. I like going through the front door of the theater sometimes so I can say hi to Callan and Dave and John, our head usher, and our house manager, and all the ushers, and the bar staff, because I love saying hello to them. They're part of our family. They'll, a lot of them, besides town, will will be there and they'll take on the next show. So, our, so th that part won't continue. But everybody in that building, our doormans, our everybody is, is part of what makes it special. And that will be the hard part yeah. is when that part is done because that, that part will be done with certain people that live on in that theater um, and they will embrace you know, the next show. But for me, it's this show more than any other show I've done, I really feel like the best part of coming to work is is the people in the show and the crew. It's it's a special special group, and it lives in there. And we make sure that that continues. You know, we we really it's important to us, and, and you guys can speak to this too. That the vibe and the energy of that building that's important to us, and we try really really hard to keep it that way. Even you know, and it's it's hard eight shows a week. It's it's not easy, but. At least that's for me. I want, I, I, people come to my room. My room's become like a central uh, mission control sometimes. I don't know why. There's 10 people piled in It's the in biggest my room. room in the building. In the, the dressing room. <laughs> maybe it is. I don't it's know. It's the most people, yeah. yeah. All right. It was in anyway, her contract. She I wouldn't do the show unless she had the biggest dressing room. I need you guys. <laughs> All right. Let's I, do another question. Didn't get a lot. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, from Dr. Lazarus. Uh, what was the most shocking gift you a fan has sent you guys? You guys have this. <laughs> Uh, I, I have the, uh, one that, and, and it's, it's, you know, they're all nice, but shocking, certainly. Um, I was gifted two, it, that I found out later, very expensive rings that was like, here's a gift for your wife. <laughs> and I was like, I don't feel, I, that, so then I just, I just got rid of the sort of the card and I went home and I went, look what I bought you. <laughs> 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 There's the laugh. There's All the right. Laugh. Boom. 
That is the most shot. I, you know, I can I say one la- one thing that will take thirty seconds again, just while I have you all here. F- gifts are awesome, and they're really, truly, like you know, wonderful, and and some of it's super creative, and the art stuff is meaningful the most. Um, if you have, you know, spending money on stuff is fine, but like, make sure that if you, know that we also make money. Um, so. <laughs> We are very happy to buy our own things and stuff like that, so we're good as far as like essentials go. Um, we'd much prefer, I, w- I would much prefer, this is the Jewish mom and me, I'd much prefer that you save your money and just send us a letter saying you like us rather than, you know, a diamond ring. Um, that's all I'm saying. Wow. It, yeah, it, you feel free to disagree, but I don't like that. So, no. You know, I would prefer a letter that is meaningful than, you know, whatever, you know, another... Beetlejuice shot glass, which is like we have 70,000 of them. I just want to make sure that you know it's meaningful, but please, please save your money for your own lives. We make money. <laughs> Leslie Carey, do you guys have a shocking. I can't think of one. I, mean... I can't think of one either. All right, next question. <laughs> Favorite celebrity who came to see the show from Olivia saw Beetlejuice? Mm. <laughs> we just had a good one last night. We sure did. So Leslie and I both love the B-52s. Yeah. I just and got the picture. I just saw them when we got the picture. And the lead singer, Kate Pearson, <gasps> was, was there. Oh Leslie and I God. were like in the hallway singing, Ted Ralph Rusted! <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was amazing to meet her, and she was so cool. Like, we've been able to meet all these amazing people. You guys seen I mean, Catherine O'Hara was a big, big, big one. That was that was so cool. Um, my my favorite, only because uh, he's not only great, but he's also a Beetlejuice lifer, just like you guys, is John Mulaney. Yeah. Um, of is that uh, is that he just he's he's been uh, such a fan because of he knew he knew Alex Timber Shamo, hello. And uh, him and, and Nick Kroll have been seeing, you know, had seen all the readings uh, prior, like he's just in the studio. And so they've just been such fans. And John was at opening night and brought his, and brought his wife. And they've been back, I think, four times total. Um, so that was a big one for us, just because it's so cool that they just don't want to come back anyway. Um, and then a personal one for me, only because I want to model my career after his, is Adam Scott um, came to see the show. And I got, and just getting to chat with those people, you just, that's the huge perk of the job. You just get to like actually chat on a level that's not like, I like what you do, you know? They get to go, I like what you just did. Yeah, you go, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do the three of you ever get starstruck? Yes. I, I, I would only get starstruck by one person. I, I, I don't, I would, if someone told me that Mel Brooks was in the audience, I would have a very hard time uh, pulling myself together before going on. That would be the, maybe Carl yeah. Reiner as well, but just the two of them would be it. And everyone else, no, I don't care. Carol, Bur- <laughs> Carol Burnett would be mine. Oh, yes. If, if she came, I'd lose... I, I, no one can ever tell me that she's there. So, and if and if I have a personal day, you you better tell me to not come to work that day and not tell me why. So yeah, um, that would be mine. I don't know who my person would be, but I don't like to know when any celebrities are in the audience. Yeah, we both don't like. Yes, them. because I feel like I give a hundred percent no matter what, and if they're there, then I'm gonna be like, did they laugh at that? Did, are they, how, are they, how are they doing? You know, and like. Carrie, Carrie, tell restaurant. them what we do what, right before. Oh, creepy old guy. We're right like before. our show's pretty much done, so then we tell each other. Yeah, we tell. Like, that's when we find out. We're like, hey, Kate Pearson's here, and Carrie's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's when we. Usually that's our safe time. Awesome. All right, another question. From Jordan is at Broadway time. <laughs> They're all changing their Twitter names here. Um, if you could switch roles with anyone, who would you switch with? Please, also, please tell Kevin I say hi. <laughs> I will tell him. He's sleeping right now. I, he sleeps like a stoner. 
I, I would do Lydia. I just want to sing Dead Mom and, and Home. I just want to do that one time. I've actually like thought about singing it like just, I would do it in a second. I mean, I would look like crazy, but um, <laughs> 42 year old daughter. Um, so, but yeah, those, she sings some amazing songs. So I would, I'd love to do that, it'd be fun. Otho. <laughs> Mainly because he has a 45 minute break in the show. <laughs> Another one. That was so good. Beetlejuice. <laughs> we. Who wants to see her go on tonight as Beetlejuice? <laughs> the fans have spoken. Carrie, yeah. Carrie, how? Oh no, I want to make you say the f word. But what would Carrie be like doing Beetlejuice? Like what? I'm gone. <laughs> I want to hear your best Beetlejuice voice now. Do a line. Do a line. What's a line? I, I don't know. I don't do Beetlejuice. Hey, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Broadway, guys. We should do it one night and just raise money for a charity and just all switch. And scene. Not going to happen. You do the voice now. Um, uh, hey, guys. <laughs> Fuck you, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I would lose my voice within four hours <laughs> after that. We gone. <laughs> All right, um, we have two minutes left. Let's do one more question. All right, from Rob Johnson. Have you ever been in a show where the set is so much like another cast member like this is with the house set? Thank you for the run-on sentence. What? All right. No, I get it. I get it, too. Where the set is so much... Yeah, I definitely not. The set, oh, well, the set is so a part of the show. The set is a cast member. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, definitely. I mean, yes. this what? show is... The I've set never is been in one, but I think the play that goes wrong is one of my, one of my favorite things I've seen oh recently. Oh, my God, so fun. And that, that, sh- that show would not be a show were it not for that set that literally falls apart completely by the end. Oh, absolutely. And so, yeah. But no, I think our show is just designed, again, within an inch of its life to become a character in the show that you know changes and evolves and just like everyone in the show. I think it's a amazing. Cool, a cool part of rehearsal too was they they would like be improving a scene or something and then they'd be like, "Can we get the set to do this?" And then they would go and brainstorm and think, right? Like, "Oh, maybe we can get the set to do this." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and can we budget it? <laughs> <laughs> and it did. Okay. So, that is all we've got. Um If you go to bpn.fm slash ttp for the theater podcast, you can hear my individual interviews with these three episodes. 50 through 54 are these three, plus Alex Timbers, plus William Ivy Long. Oh, you don't want to go yet. We're about to do something. Don't go. Don't go. Uh, go see them before June 6th. And Yes. And because this show is so much about social media, we're going to do a giant audience selfie right now. Oh my Everybody God. Everybody stand up and crowd in the middle. One, two. Thank you. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now 
and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.